Welcome to the Abide Daily Podcast from Ecclesi of the Church in Salt Lake City, a time led by our pastors and others in our church to abide in God through prayer, reflection, and the reading of His Word together. Hey, this is Emily. I'm really glad you're here. As we begin our time today, let's start off by taking a moment to pause, be still, and be aware of God's presence. Let's take a moment to just tell the Lord where we're at, what we're doing and thinking and feeling, as well as thank him for all that he's done, is doing, and will do. A prayer for aid against attack. Lighten our darkness, we beseech you, O Lord, and by your great mercy defend us from all perils and dangers of this day. For the love of your only Son, our Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Lord, as I read your words in Scripture, I ask, Holy Spirit, that you would lead me and give me understanding. Lord, I ask that you would draw near and meet with me and lead me into your kingdom today. Today we'll be reading Matthew 27, 15 through 25. At the festival, the governor's custom was to release to the crowd a prisoner they wanted. At that time, they had a notorious prisoner called Barabbas. So when they had gathered together, Pilate said to them, Who is it you would want me to release to you, Barabbas, or Jesus, who is called Messiah? For he knew they had handed him over because of envy. While he was sitting on the judge's bench, his wife sent word to him, Have nothing to do with that righteous man, for today I have suffered terribly in a dream because of him. The chief priests and the elders, however, persuaded the crowds to ask for Barabbas and to execute Jesus. The governor asked them, Which of the two do you want me to release for you? Barabbas, they answered. Pilate asked them, What should I do then with Jesus, who is called Messiah? They all answered, Crucify him. And then he said, Why? What has he done wrong? But they just kept shouting, Crucify him, all the more. When Pilate saw that he was getting nowhere, but that a riot was starting instead, he took some water, washed his hands in front of the crowd, and said, I am innocent of this man's blood. See to it yourselves. All of the people answered, His blood be on us and on our children. And then he released Barabbas to them. But after having Jesus flogged, he handed him over to be crucified. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. As I reflect on this scripture, I am honestly really weighed down by the heaviness of it. This chapter Matthew 27 is a hard chapter um, 
it comes with a lot of emotions it comes with empathy and pain and hurt with jesus as well as the joy of knowing how the story ends and um, what god's working is here Honestly, I meant to spend a little bit more time on the end of this chapter, verse 45 and 46, um, in which Jesus cries out on the cross and tying that back to Psalm 22. Um, But as I was reflecting on this, Pilate's wife's dream spoke more to me um, and caught my attention and um, was really jumping out to me. There are other dreams that we hear about in Matthew And they are all given to believers for the glory of the Lord, for for the Lord's purpose. They're a warning of some sort. So for Pilate's wife to have received a dream saying to not crucify Jesus is really interesting for me. There's a can of worms of, you know, what if Jesus hadn't been crucified which I honestly think is a less important question than what if Jesus hadn't been resurrected. So we won't focus on that. I just am curious at the unheeded warning that was given to Pilate. I think that it says a lot about the mercy of God um, and that he extended grace through Pilate's wife, through a warning to remove some of the blame from Pilate. We see later that Pilate tries to wash his own hands of this. And I think it's an interesting parallel that God provided him with an avenue to actually wash his hands, cleanse himself of the guilt of Jesus's crucifixion. And he ignored that and instead chose his own way of of washing himself that could never accomplish the purpose that he wanted it to. We know that in Isaiah, the Lord repeats, I will not yield my glory to another. We know the end of the story, even if the story had been written differently, we know that at the end, we are saved by grace through Jesus's atonement. I just can't stop thinking about Pilate's wife. It's interesting to me that in verse 25, The people say, his blood be on us and on our children. (laughs) Exactly. Yes, that's that's what we want. That's what we desire. That is is the saving grace of Jesus' death. It's just so close to God's glory. So close to getting it. Which we know that, again, God does not yield his glory to another. So we know what happens. It's just, I feel like this passage, everyone is so close, and yet they miss it. But in the greater scheme of things, God uses this to his own end. In his sovereignty, he uses these events to further the end that he had set about from the beginning. So as we conclude our time today, my encouragement to you is twofold to heed God's warning, and to trust the end that he holds. I encourage you, heed God's warning and trust the end that he holds.
God, we thank you that you operate at a different level than we do. We praise you for your sovereignty. We praise you that you extend opportunities of grace and mercy to us and you invite us to join into your plan. Lord, I ask that you would reveal in our hearts an understanding and a patience that we don't see life the way that you do, but that you would give us a supernatural glimpse and a supernatural encouragement into that. Through our lives and through our prayers, may your kingdom come. Amen.